We rode the boar until sunset, which was about as much as my back end could take. Welcome to Floor 600. This is a podcast where two friends, me, Quinn, and Natalie, read the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series by Rick Riordan. Right now we are reading The Titan's Curse, chapters 13 through 15. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep. These are some exciting chapters. A lot of stuff happens in it. Sad stuff. Sad stuff, important stuff, emotional stuff. <laughs> I have too many emotions in real life. <laughs> and just add to them. Reading <laughs> books and stuff. <laughs> books manipulating our emotions once again. Yep. So before we get started in the recap, we're going to do our plugs. Yeah. So... You can send us your Percy Jackson stories, comments, questions, whatever. If you have something to get off your chest and it's <laughs> relative to something that we said in this podcast, <laughs> send it to 4600.podcast at gmail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I've been trying to get on our Twitter more, but sometimes it's just random stuff. <laughs> Sometimes it's relevant. So it's a real, you know, it's a real roller coaster over there on our Floor 600 Twitter. <laughs> That's Floor underscore 600 on Twitter and Instagram. Tumblr at Floor 600 Podcast. You can join our Patreon and help us make this lovely podcast a reality. Um, and get some cool I think stuff. it is a reality, but more of a reality. Keep making it a reality. <laughs> help it stay a reality. Um, you can listen pretty much anywhere you want, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, but you're just tuning in, so we gotta get going. Yep. <coughs> so Natalie's, like, sick. She's always I'm sick. I'm, like, sick. <laughs> I am sick. What is this? I don't know. Stop looking at your email. God. I'm looking at our email. Oh, our email? Did you see this, like, terrifying spam email? No, that's a terrifying spam email. <laughs> it's really red flagged. Yikes. Want to open the link? No. <laughs> um, yeah, Natalie is, like, sick. Yeah, so you're going to hear a cough because I'm sure I'm not going to be able to edit out all of the coughs. You know what? You can't edit out life sometimes. <laughs> People get sick. I seem to get sick an inordinate amount, and I don't know why, and it's driving me nuts. I'll figure it out one day. It'll be like, I don't know, some kind of sickness demon has been following <laughs> you your entire life. She's like magically spraying me whenever it felt like it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just like some mystery <laughs> d- sickness demon comes up and coughs in your face and goes, <laughs> Hope that you're sick. <laughs> you can't see that, but I just blew sickness in my own face. <laughs> As if I were the sickness demon. Yeah. Get off my back, sickness demon. <laughs> okay, so chapter 13. We visit the junkyard of the gods. Mm, I don't like this chapter. Yeah, but what did you rate it? Four stars. <laughs> I gave it three stars, but I did initially <laughs> give it four stars, and then I erased one because I remembered the emotional heartbreak <laughs> that is involved in this chapter. Because <laughs> I like the junk, like, I like the picturing the junkyard. I don't yeah. know, it's always weird stuff there. You can always find something fun to <clears throat> do, 
whatever. In the junkyard, <laughs> you can find stuff. Any chapter where we meet a, a goddess. Yes. It's usually good. Mm-hmm. So we're about to meet our second goddess, friends. Yes. Three books in. <laughs> um, yeah, so the van squad was the train squad, and now they're the boar squad. <laughs> So they ride this giant boar to a cluster of buildings called Gila Claw, Arizona, which is not a real place. It's just a county. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. And but it is a county. Counties yeah. are important. True. <laughs> so then they become the transportation list squad once again because the boar runs home. Yeah. Grover does this trick with the acorns again. And he de- determines that the squad's next challenge lays in the junkyard, which is right ahead of them because it's like... All these little, like, abandoned buildings and stuff, and it's, like, way too small. It's not really a town. It's just, like, a cluster of buildings. And, like, on the other side is the junkyard. So they're like, eh, it's too late. Like, we can't tackle this right now. It's middle of the night. Let's just get some rest. So they decide to camp. And I love Zoe and Bianca's Mary Poppins bags. Yeah. Like, oh, we need this thing. Here's five sleeping bags. Yeah, you can get like they're, they're like endless bags. Yeah. And then they also like disappear when they don't really need or their bows disappear when they don't yeah. need it. And if they're not in danger, they don't have their bows on. That's just so practical. I know. It's very cool. So you don't have to like sling it across your back and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so Talia tries once again to get Zoe to stop saying the and thou, but it doesn't work. <laughs> She's like, ugh, it just annoys her so much. It's funny. So the, the squad is talking about Pan coming back. And Grover's like, well, when this quest is over, I'm going back to New Mexico. I'm going to find Pan. Makes sense. For real. And Percy's like, oh, I don't know about that, but okay. He has these believe in Grover's dreams. So then Talia asked Bianca how she killed one of the skeletons outside Cloudcroft. Because she's the only one who was able to. Yeah. Stab it and make it go away. And Percy's like, oh, maybe you have to hit him in a certain spot, which is what I said last time. Mm-hmm. And Zoe is like, well, they kind of move on from that. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, I don't know, because Bianca like gets uncomfortable with everybody like staring at her. And so Zoe's like, well, let's just try to get to the next big city, you know, and see where we can go from there. And then she's like, that would be Las Vegas. And Percy's like, mm, like he's immediately thinks of the Lotus Casino back from the Lightning Thief. Yeah. And he wants it. He's going to be like, no, I don't want to go there. But Bianca actually does, beats him to it. And she's like, oh, well, I didn't, you know, Nico and I passed through there a long time ago, but I can't really remember. It seems foggy. And Percy's like, Percy and Grover like look at each other. They're like, you think of what I'm thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Percy's like, Bianca, did you stay at the Lotus Casino and Hotel? And she's like, how did you know? Whoa. Yeah. So, plot twist. Bianca Bianca and Nico are like 80 years old. I know. They're like (laughs) freaking Captain America and over here. Because Bianca is asked, like, all right, who's the president? And she says the current president, which would be Bush, but whatever. (laughs) And then uh, she's like, okay, what, who was the previous president? And she thinks about it, and she's like, Roosevelt. And they're like, Franklin or <laughs> Theodore. Theodore? And she's like, Franklin, FDR. And, like, Percy <coughs> is just like, oh, FDR, like the street? Because he says that he, the only thing he knows about 
FDR is that there's a street named after him, which is terrible. I know. No. Percy. Learn your history. Ugh. Your American history, Percy. He was president from 1933 to 1945. Yeah. He was president for a long time, bro. He died in office. Made it through World War II. Yeah, because they talked about how World War II was started by the uh, demigods, so maybe he was a demigod, too. He needs to learn his history. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, Bianca and Nico were in there for a long time, and then um, she... Like, back in last episode, we talked about Bianca talking to Percy about how they just kept getting shuffled around by, like, lawyers and stuff. Who knows if they were actually lawyers, but could have been, but yeah. I seriously doubt Mysterious it. figures in suits. <laughs> yeah. So, one of those guys came and, like, took them out of the casino, and that's what, like, brought them back to Earth. Mm-hmm. But it's weird because they... Were they there at the same time as Percy and Grover and Annabeth? I don't think so, because they didn't get out until... Because, like, she can't remember until, like, last... It's like they... Whenever they went to Westover. Yeah, whenever they went... So, like, if like maybe a semester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think they've been out of the casino for long. That'd be so trippy. I wonder if that's why they... She has trouble remembering things, too, because she hasn't yeah. been out for long, so she everything's still pretty muddled. Yeah, and that also explains why the subway wasn't in Washington, D.C. when she and Nico were there. Yep. Um, so, Percy, of course, is like, oh, well, like, why did the person... Oh, he immediately starts to pry yeah. more. <laughs> it's like, oh, I want to pick up this scab of emotional vulnerability, please. <laughs> And Bianca's like, oh, I can't really remember why. And then there's just, like, a streetlight. Um, yeah, they headlights. get interrupted. Like, yeah. Z- uh, Bianca is totally saved by the, um, no. like, <laughs> saved by the creepy car. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this white limo pulls up, and then, like, blinds them all and stuff. And thus follows the story of how Aphrodite hardcore ships so who steps out of this limo but Aries? Our least favorite character oh besides God, Smelly Gabe. Aries. So Aries is like, go away, everyone. Go get tacos. And they're like, the taco place is closed. And he like magically makes it open. <laughs> I wouldn't be real mad about that, honestly. No. They're probably hungry. And so everyone leaves except for Percy. And Percy slides into the limo and he meets the goddess Aphrodite. <gasps> Goddess number two. We're only three books in. <laughs> you wrote dose. And um, I like Aphrodite. I think you, you like her because you agree with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like how she's so straightforward, too. She's just yeah. like, I am Aphrodite. I know I look good. <laughs> Don't stuff on my toes. You know? And so she's, like, so beautiful. Like, Percy's, like, jaw drops when he sees her. But I like it because she's, like, she doesn't really look like anyone, like, mm-hmm. in particular. It's just, like, you Yeah, know. it seems like she, her face, like, it's like her, she changes. <clears throat> yeah. When you, like, it's whatever you think, or whatever the viewer thinks is beautiful, right. she looks like it. Yeah. And so. Percy sees a little bit of Annabeth in her. Mm-hmm. Oh. I'm just going to leave that right there. 
We're going to leave that there, point at it, highlight it. <laughs> Put a little sign pointing to it. Yeah. Look, look. <laughs> so, <laughs> Aphrodite asks Percy why he's on the quest. And he's like, oh, because the goddess Artemis is captured. And she's like, whatever. That's why the others are on this quest. But why are you on this quest? And he's like, Annabeth is in trouble. And she's like, yes! <laughs> She just loves love so much. I mean, she I loves she's love like, because she is love. Yeah. I mean, she just loves herself. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really fully trust her, but whatever. I don't care. Uh, so she's like, Aphrodite's like, oh, you should just concentrate on finding Annabeth. And he's like, but we have to find the goddess. And he's, she's like, let the others handle that, young man. <laughs> like, you just focus on finding your love. And he's like... She's like, it, we have, it's been a while since we've had a tragic love story. And he's like, tragic? Who said anything about tragic? And who said anything about love? <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm 14. <laughs> oh, it's such it's a like, good like time her. to be alive. <laughs> and yeah, it's so cute. I just love their interactions. funny. So, yeah, he, she gets him, like, all shook up and stuff. And Aries is just standing outside the limo laughing the whole time. I love it. He's just like, oh, uh, or she's like, poof, that's not the point. Follow your heart. And he's like, but I don't know where it's going. My heart, I mean. And blah, 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 blah. Not knowing is half the fun, Aphrodite said. Exquisitely painful, isn't it? Not being sure who you who you love and who loves you. Oh, you kids. It's too, it's so cute. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> and then so Percy's just like, oh no, don't cry. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how she tells him, like, she has, um, what is it? Where did it go? I had it written down. Oh, she has lots of anguish and indecision for in store for him <laughs> and Annabeth. Because like, that's what makes a good, interesting love story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So then she's like, all right, like, we're done here. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. By the way, <laughs> the conversation over. Bye. <laughs> so she tells him, like, you guys be careful in my husband's junkyard because she's rolling around with Aries, but she's married to Hephaestus. Yeah. And don't, she tells him specifically not to take anything. Yeah. And then Aries is like, all right, get out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that uh, Percy asks Ares why he hasn't killed him yet because in Lightning Thief, Ares promises, "Oh, you'll feel the wrath of Ares, blah blah blah. You'll feel my curse." And Percy's like, "So, you haven't killed me yet." Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, "I'd love to kill you, seriously, but see, I got a situation. Word on Olympus is you might start the biggest war in history. I can't risk messing that up." Besides, Aphrodite thinks you're kind, some kind of soap opera star <laughs> or something. I'll I kill you. That makes me look bad with her. But don't worry. I haven't forgotten my promise. Someday soon, kid, real soon, you're going to you're going to raise your sword to fight and you're going to you're going to remember the wrath of Ares. He's such a drama queen. He is, and that's why he and Aphrodite belong together. <laughs> True. I don't care if she's cheating on her husband. <laughs> Can they just get a divorce? I don't know if there's godly divorce. 
doesn't seem like it. Or here I would have left things like Well, she can't leave him because she's the goddess of marriage. And mm. according to her, whatever, there is no... If she divorced, she's giving up on the marriage. She can't do that. Yeah, that's true. Aphrodite, on the other hand, she's just like, I follow my heart, and my heart does not lead to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Ares, like, makes everything go away. Like, those buildings and stuff. He, like, nixes the taco shop, which is sad. Yeah. It doesn't seem like they would have had time to actually eat their tacos. Mm-hmm. Just in time to get it right in front of you. Imagine... Grover right about to take that bite of a big burrito, and then poof, it's all gone. Oh. Oh, that's so sadness. And this is only like a five-minute conversation. I know. Maybe they just walked in there, and they are like tacos everywhere. They're still thinking of ordering tacos. Yeah. Hey, I want a chicken. No, I mean beef. I mean vegetarian. <laughs> I want, hmm, can I just have beans? <laughs> and then a handful of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sad. There's but, a lot so, of, like, b- burrito betrayal. In there this is a lot of burrito section. betrayal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Percy lies to the others about what Aphrodite wanted with him. Well, not completely. He tells her, tells them, like, oh, well, she warned us not to pick anything up at, 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 in the junkyard. And I guess that's <laughs> the important part from the yeah. conversation, like, the immediate importance. But... Yeah, just didn't but talk about the personal revelations. Bianca asks specifically what she, what Aphrodite wanted with Percy, and he says, um, I'm not sure. <laughs> and I love, like, Grover's just like, dude, I got an empathy link. I know. <laughs> yeah, none of them believe him at all. They all know it's a lie. <laughs> They're just like, mm-hmm, okay, Percy. So... I guess they're like, well, we might as well just go into the junkyard now. Yeah, and when they're heading that way, they have to, like, figure out what direction they should go. And Percy's like, where do we go? How do we know where we even walk? And Zoe's just like, we have the stars, of course. (laughs) We follow us a major. Yeah, so they're, like, following the star to be able to go west. And it's so inconvenient, though, for them because I'm guessing it's still nighttime. Yeah. So they didn't even get to rest. No. They didn't get to There is tacos. no rest, rest for demigods. <laughs> there is no taco for demigods. <laughs> so they're just still going through the junkyard in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Even though they didn't they're want to They're tired. Be. They're hungry. They're not allowed to play with the cool stuff that's all around them. Yeah. So they're walking through the 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 junkyard and they're sort of like seeing all this cool stuff and they're like oh remember this is the the junkyard of the gods do not touch things like they were it was all thrown away for reasons it could be cursed it could be defective it could just be broken (laughs) uh bianca's the first to sort of see something and she wants to pick it up and she sees uh a hunter's bow that turns into a hair clip and she's like whoa it's so cool it's just like percy's sword and they're all like, put it down, we can't keep anything. Mm-hmm. And she does, and she, they keep walking, and as they're walking, other people start picking other things up, so... Yeah, Grover just starts eating things. Yeah, eating random pieces like, of metal. Why would Bianca need another belt? I don't think she does, that's why she puts it back. It's just the feel of it turning into a hairpin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's just so much cool stuff in this junkyard. 
Mm-hmm. And on the far side, they, like, finally make it through. They're, like, almost to the edge of the junkyard. And they find these columns are all squish- squished together. And they're, like, oh, those kind of look like toes. And they're, like, yeah, let's just go very far around, whatever that is. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, like, go around. And as soon as they step on the highway, they're, like, Phew. And it lasts all five seconds because this giant metal junkyard monster just stands up. Yep. Because it plot twist, they were toes. They were toes after all. Sad face. So this guy's like as tall as a skyscraper. He's dressed in like bronze armor. And they're like, oh, he's probably some kind of like prototype Talos. What do we do? What do we do? And Zoe's like, somebody must have taken something. And she looks at Percy first, and he's like, I didn't take anything. I love that. He's just like, I'm a lot of things. I'm not a thief. And it's like, dude, the first book is all about you getting accused of being a thief. <laughs> you already had to prove this once. So they're, like, running around and stuff, and Percy figures out that it was Bianca who took something. Because mm-hmm. they all kind of get separated. And yeah, they, like, s- they scatter, do like a scatter attack like they right. did for the Nemean lion. But that means Percy and Bianca were sort of teamed up together and they had more time time to sort of go, what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, you took that bow. And she's like, no, I didn't. So she did actually take something, but it was a mytho magic figurine. For yeah, Nico. for Nico. And this is the only one he didn't have. Mm. <laughs> I have so much com- many complicated feelings about Bianca, but I love that she does this. I know. Because, uh, because we, all we do, or we've done in the last few episodes when we talk about Bianca, is just be like, I cannot believe that she left Nico. She never thinks of Nico, blah, 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 blah. And this time, she thought of Nico, and there are some serious consequences. Yeah. <sighs> so... Percy notices uh, that they're on the bottom of one of the Talos' feet. It says, for maintenance only. And there's like an access hatch. So he's like, oh, maybe we can get inside the access hatch. And just like dismantle him from the inside out. And Bianca's like, let me do it. Like, this is my fault. And she's like, Percy's like, no way. Like, I'll just do it. And she's like, no. So she gives Percy the mytho magic figurine to give to Nico. And he's like, you'll be able to give it to him yourself. And she's like... Dude, I've seen enough war movies when you give away the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Bianca, like, runs over, and they get Talos to lift his foot. And she slips inside the access hatch. And they're like, wait, where's Bianca? And Percy's like, she's up there. (laughs) And so she manages to destroy the Talos prototype from the inside, but yeah. is unable to escape. Yeah. I liked that as soon as Zoe realized that Bianca was inside of t- the Talos machine, uh, she just immediately went, how is she going to get out? Mm-hmm. What's the plan after that? Like, okay, she's taken it down from the inside. She's on the inside. Yeah. Is she going to get outside? Percy didn't even think of that. No, Percy always thinks one step at a time. Which, a lot, it works for him, but <laughs> doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> yeah. So, they search all over the junkyard for her, but Bianca's gone. 
This is like so tragic because then you're like literally just mourning in the desert, like surrounded by like body parts, like giant body parts mourning. Like okay, we have all of these body parts and we cannot find the one person that we want to find. Yeah, and full of this junkyard of stuff they can't take. Mm Mm-hmm. With nowhere to go. Yeah. So, I do like, though, yes. how Grover, like, is getting so much better with his pipes. I know. He's he, getting so much better with magic. He, like, plays a little tune in the uh, telephone pole, like, wraps around Taylor's yeah. legs and shocks him. Mm-hmm. Which is part of how they take him down. Yeah, and he does other magic later on in these chapters. And it's, it's just, it, he's, gr- like, they're all getting more skilled, and I love yeah. it. I love that we're seeing these people's, like, like, Percy's getting better at controlling water and being a sword fighter and mm-hmm. just, like, figuring out how to lead a team. And we also see Grover is getting better at figuring out the magic stuff. Fake, like, yeah. communicating with nature spirits. Like, he, he's also improving this. Yeah, it's cool. They're not just, like, static the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of, like, when I was little, I would read series, and they would just, like, if the characters stayed the same, it was just so boring. It was like, I don't even... Yeah. Like, nothing's really happening. Mm-hmm. It's like a sitcom. Um, There's no character development. Right. <laughs> So, they're all, like, you know, mourning, like we said. Because one shall be lost in a land without rain. Yeah. And Percy feels really guilty about it. He's like, I should have been in it. I should have been, I should be, whatever. I should have been, it should have been me, not Bianca. And Grover, oh my god. Grover. But that's not until next chapter. Oh, that's not, but. Yeah. Yeah, so that brings us to chapter 14. Uh-huh, thank you. <laughs> I have a damn problem. All right, five. Five stars. It five was such stars. a tonal shift. This is a shift from a morning in the desert to a pun, and it's great. <laughs> and just really, it just throws you off, and you, ugh. It's, if, like, nothing really, like, if anything, I mean, like, really carried over from this series, it's this. Like, what, damn? People still love this. The damn joke? Yeah. Because it's a good joke. <laughs> There's no bad jokes in this in this chapter. <laughs> yeah. This good is damn a, joke. It's the first five-star chapter thus far. Yeah. Nice. So you gave it a five-star as well? Yep. Cool. How could I not? Five-five. Damn. <laughs> so the squad is heartbroken. They find a pickup truck and become the truck squad. And this is where Grover is freaking out because Zoe and Talia are in the cab and Grover and Percy are in the bed of the truck. And they're talking about it and Grover, like you said, is like, well, like, I could, what would have happened if I had lost you? Like, who would have been my best friend then? Well, honestly, if he had lost him, they have an empathy link. He would he probably have died. died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but yes, who would be his best friend? sad and Percy's like oh he like he kind of realizes like how depressed everybody is getting and it like motivates him to yeah. like, be a leader instead of like also letting himself get depressed mm-hmm. which is like a big step because mm-hmm. before he would just be like yeah sucks. he's figuring out how to deal with the issues that come with 
being the demigod and having bad things happening. Yeah. So, yeah, he's just like, at least there's one thing about having a friend who gets freaked out more than you do. I realized I couldn't stay depressed. I had to set aside thinking about Bianca and keep us going forward the way Talia was doing. I wondered what she and Zoe were talking about in the front trip. Yeah. He was just figuring out how to live a hard life, and it's sort of sad. And it's sad. Is, but it's good. Mm-hmm. It's good because we know that, oh, it, it, these are skills that will keep him alive in the yeah. future. But also, it's sad because it's like, he, he, he probably needs to talk to someone. But like, <laughs> like a therapist? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just be a little bit more... Um, like up front with his emotions with Grover, he yeah. Grover would be the person, person, perfect person to be just like, I'm sad. <laughs> yeah, but then it would just spiral Grover even worse than he already yeah. is. And Grover's also freaked out about Pan, you know. Yeah. So, lots of emotion happening. Lots of emotion. So they drive as far as they possibly can until the truck runs out of gas at the edge of a river canyon, and they stop being the truck squad. And they wind their way down this path, down a path to the edge of the river, and they find a canoe rental and steal a couple of canoes, and now they're the canoe squad. And they're like, it's funny because somebody, I think it's Grover, puts a couple of drachmas on the counter and with the IOU, and I'm like, what can a human do with those? Though? I think it can would be a good down? deal, though, because I would think... So, drachmas are basically just, like, gold coins, and I would think because they're godly coins, they would be even more <clears throat> expensive or whatever, yeah. more worthwhile if you brought it to, like a, I don't know, a cash-for-gold person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. 877 <laughs> cash-for-gold, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Could be. It might be an actual even trade, but... <laughs> yeah. So, Percy, like, I, I don't know, they just, like, show up. Yeah, they plan on... Like, he's just like, ooh, I'm good with water. I can deal with the, this, like, rough uh, current in going up current, upstream instead of downstream. But he doesn't even have to do that because as soon as they get into boat, the boat, he looks down and there's a couple of naiads just chilling out and, like... Yeah. Like, Flirt- flirting with him. Yeah, flirting him with him, as naiads do. Yeah. And he's just like, hey, could you help us go upstream? And they're like, eh, and take them upstream. <laughs> yeah, pretty much exactly. So Talia's like, Percy, please take Zoe in your canoe. <laughs> Maybe she'll talk to you. And Percy's like, no way, bro. And she, she's like, please, so he does it. So Grover and Talia are together, and then Percy and Zoe are together, and Percy just kind of, like, talks to Zoe about Bianca's death, and Zoe's like, well, like, she kind of reveals that she was hoping that Bianca would be the next lieutenant, and Percy's like, well, you're the lieutenant, and Zoe says, you know, essentially she's been lieutenant for forever, and she's not really grown, and, like, it's not gonna last forever, so she was hoping, like, Bianca would be that. Which is crazy, because they've only known each other for, like, four days. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole hunt. But I guess that makes sense of how Bianca has just sort of leapt up in the ranks more than anybody else. Because, like, day two for Bianca, she was sitting right hand of Zoe at, at, the, at Camp Half-Blood. And yeah. day three, she was on, the, uh, so, like, a quest. Yeah. Um, it happened really fast. 
So I don't know. She, I feel like Zoe is sort of in a panic mode. Like I think things are going down. I'm not, might not be around longer. Yeah. We need to start. I need to start planning for replacements. And here's this Zo- perfect flirt person. Yeah, she's just like I can mold this into a person that I think <clears throat> that needs to be done, and also keep it open. Yeah. And all of her plans went out the window, and also she probably really liked. Bianca. Yeah, I feel like they just like immediately became friends. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Yeah, they just had like an immediate connection. Yeah. So Percy like pulls out Riptide and so he's like, ugh. And he mentions the dream that he had about Zoe and Riptide. And he's like, You made this and she's like, Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and so she, he tells her about the dream, and she, like, refuses to tell him who the man was in the dream. But she's like, well, all you boys want to be just like him, don't you? Wink, wink. And he's like, what? I don't know who she's talking about. I'm not telling you then. You'll find out one day in Oma, oh my gods. <laughs> I feel like it's just... Like Hercules or something. I'm not telling you if you can't <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> I thought about it for so long. And I guess... You'll figure it out by the end of this episode. Okay. And if you don't, you're, you, you've got some paying attention to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so he's just like, what? And so she tells him about her backstory, which is sad. Yeah. And she's like, oh, um, oh, because she mentions that her mother was a water goddess, and Percy says, your mother was a water goddess, question mark? And she says, yes, Pleony. She had five daughters, my sisters and I, the Hesperides. And Percy's like, those were the girls who lived in a garden at the edge of the west, with a golden apple tree and a dragon guarding it. Yes, so he said, wistfully, Ladon. And so it turns out that she was... Um, exiled because she betrayed her family by helping a hero who is the guy. Yeah. So, like, the scene that Percy saw in his dream is, um, the, like, the very thing that happened that got Zoe exiled. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, no, I don't think it was the very thing, but part of the thing, right? Well, I don't know. Because they just allude, like, yeah, like, I did something, like, this is what, blah, 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 blah. Well, she says, he's like, like I helped this hero. Because I betrayed my family and helped a hero. You won't find that in the legend either. He never spoke of me. After his di- direct assault on Ladon failed, I gave him the idea of how to steal the apples, how to trick my father, but he took all the credit. So, yeah, I guess it's just, like, the beginning mm-hmm. part of, like, what Percy saw. Was yeah. like, the, the beginning of the end for... Zoe. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. So he has a tragic backstory. They all have tragic backstory. It's almost like this is based off of a Greek tragedy. (laughs) (laughs) Join the club, bro. Zoe. So they have this nice conversation. And the canoe squad reaches the Hoover Dam. Which I've never been there. I'd like to go someday. Yeah. And so they can't go any further, obviously. There's like a 700-foot dam in the way. I love that they all know facts about the dam because of Annabeth. It's so freaking cute. so sweet. 
And they're all like, yeah, like five million cubic acres of water. Larger construction oh. project in the United States. Yeah. Speaking of that part, though, Zoe's like, how do you know all that? And Annabeth, uh, Percy says, Annabeth, I said, she liked architecture. She was nuts about monuments. Spotted facts all the time. So annoying. But, like, they're speaking about her in the past tense already. Yes, that bothered me, too. I was like, what? Why are you talking about her past tense? Percy, Percy, yeah. you are the one with the most belief in Annabeth. <laughs> Stop talking like, about her. It takes so long for you to mentally switch from, yeah. like, present tense to past tense. And, yeah. like... A lot of things. Like, if you stop working somewhere, like, you still say, oh, well, we carried this, you know, for, like, a few months at least. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like, I just did it at Ace the other day. Yeah. And I haven't worked there in over a year. Yeah. So I'm like, how could they already be talking about her in past tense? Frustrate. Stop talking about people who are alive in past tense. Yeah. Come on now. So they're like, we have to go up to the top of the dam. And so he's like, Percy says, we should go up there, I said, for her sake, just to say we've been. And so he's like, you're, you are mad, <laughs> but that's where the road is. So they climb up to the top of the dam, and <laughs> they see the giant bronze angel statues that were a gift from Athena to Zeus when the dam was built. And they have, like, their, their toes are all rubbed, shiny and stuff, because that thing that people think that if you touch something, it brings you good luck sometimes, blah, blah, blah. I like the idea that the gods are still, like, donating whatever. They're still, like, blessing things and making monuments, even though mortals don't realize that it's the gods doing or whatever. Like, it's not like mortals know, oh, yes, Athena gave this, these statues to Zeus. (laughs) Right. And they don't know that. Uh, It doesn't seem like all of the demigods know that, but the gods are still doing it, and I think that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's cool. Um, so they mention, like, the snack bar. <laughs> the damn snack bar. <laughs> well, Zoe says, let us find the damn snack bar. We should eat while we can. The damn <laughs> snack bar? Yes, which is funny. <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> and it's funnier because she doesn't get it. And I'm like, <laughs> They're just, like, so they just, like, melt into this, like, pile of candles. <laughs> I mean, they haven't slept in, they like, haven't slept two in days. They have yeah. The last time they slept was on the Apollo's train. Mm-hmm. So they're, like, exhausted and hungry and blah, blah, blah. And, so and then there's, like, a literally literal interrupting cow joke yeah. <laughs> thrown into the damn jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because in the middle of them, like, melting about this, um, <laughs> so I put dreaming about damn snacks. Perseus hears... Moo! <laughs> so he looks over the side of the dam into the dam lakes and sees Bessie, the damn sea cow, serpent things, run around down there. It's not a damn sea cow. She doesn't live at the dam. Well, she's at the dam, so for now she's the damn sea cow. <laughs> so she's like trying to get Percy to come into the water with her, and he's like, I can't. I can't leave my friends. Yeah. So, as he's talking to her, the skeleton warriors start closing in. They, like, show up out of nowhere, and there's a van and blah, blah, blah. And so Percy's like, oh, gotta go, Bessie. (laughs) And so he runs inside, past the metal detector guy, into an elevator. And the elevator's going down. So the only way to go out from there is to go, like, 
down that elevator and I guess like across and like up the other elevator mm-hmm. for some reason, which like how can that elevator not just go back up? <laughs> it doesn't go to the right Because once you go down you gotta go on the tour. Oh. So <laughs> you know yeah. I don't know. They probably have some weird system. And also, it doesn't help that the tour guide is actually Athena. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it just doesn't go back up to the right floor. But yeah. So, Percy is, like, leaving the elevator because he asks if there's another way out. And the tour guide turns around, takes off her glasses, and she reveals her eyes as gray as storm clouds and says, there's always a way for those... There's always a way out for those clever enough to find it. Goddess number three! (laughs) Two goddesses in one section. Wow. This has never happened before. (laughs) (laughs) But Percy is just kind of shook, but he can't think about it because he's running. (laughs) He's just kind (laughs) of (laughs) shook. So he finds himself trapped between, like, a hallway where the bathrooms are and um, the turbine room. So he, like, backs into the hallway, (laughs) and this girl blows her nose, and he, like, turns around and almost slices her in half. I feel like this just shows how strung out he is. He hasn't slept. He's super stressed. (laughs) Oh, my God! Someone's behind me. Yeah. So, um, luckily, she's immortal. So So Riptide goes right through her. Mm -hmm. But she (coughs) sees Riptide. She's not like, why did you throw a pencil at me? Or a pen at me. And she's like, why do you have... How did you get the sword through security? Yeah. And she also sees that Percy's coat is made out of lion fur. But even Percy just looks at it and he's just like, I'm just looking at... I'm still wearing my brown winter coat. Yeah, because he's like, wait, did it change back? But no. Um, So he's just like, whoa, who is this girl? And she's like, why are you trying to slice people? (laughs) And so this girl is Rachel Elizabeth Dare, and she can also see the skeletons. Yeah. Which is scary. And she is like, go to the bathroom. So she very kindly and bravely saves Percy's life from these skeletons. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Percy does not know how to feel about this, how to, what to say to her, what to do with this new knowledge that this girl exists. She's just like, wait, how, how are you seeing all this? Like when he goes and hides in the bathroom, he, he said, it says later that seemed cowardly of me or cowardly to me. I'm also pretty sure it saved my life. But Mm -hmm. so like he, he. He thought that he was being a coward for for listening to her, and she saved his life. I don't know. I don't know. Because well, he's, like, he's hiding, you mm-hmm. know? He feels like he should be out there fighting. Yeah. Not leaving, like, this little mortal girl to take on these skeletons. I just think, I don't know, I feel like it's just, he, he has issues trust. I don't know. I don't know. Because it's like, yeah, he does listen to her, and she to- he totally trusts her in the end, but... I don't think that's his her, his first instinct. Well, his first instinct is to fight. You know. Yeah. But then, she just like yeah. I don't know. Cause are you saying like it's weird that he listened to her right away? I don't know so what I'm saying. That. <laughs> so. Oh well. 
Whatever. I like her, and she's very cool. And yeah. Character introduction. Yeah. I like that we get her first middle. I like that she introduces herself with her first middle last name. <laughs> it reminds me of um, in uh, Peter Pan, like oh. Wendy Angela Darling. Wendy Myra oh. Angela Darling. Sorry, I just proud of myself for getting one of the middle names. <laughs> yeah. Peter's just like, I'm Peter Pan. <laughs> Is that it? Oh, <laughs> it's a cute book. You know, that book is actually like... It's really it's, dark. It is. It's like, it's intense. Yeah, like Peter, if he, once the lost boys start to grow up, they either become pirates or he feeds them to the sharks. <laughs> and then, like, I remember when they're like when they're flying to Neverland, um, they have to make sure that the little boys stay awake because if you fall asleep while flying, you're just gonna fall, and Peter will let you fall and get eaten by the sharks. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a jerk. And Tinkerbell is evil. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, tangent time. Um, <clears throat> so Percy is able to run over to the other elevator and escape up, well, sort of. He finds the rest of the squad at the damn snack bar and then just sitting down with their damn snack bar burritos is so sad because it's like the second time and then 12 hours they've had their burritos snatched. Burrito snatch! <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> he's like, we have to run. And they're like, we just got our burritos. <laughs> like, imagine the pain on these, I wonder like, if they got a, an extra one for Percy. And then they had to use that one, too. Uh, so sad. There's so many tragedies in these chapters. First Bianca, now the burritos. <laughs> uh, and so he's like, no, he's right. We had to go. So, the skeletons are, like, literally, like, in the damn snack bar. And so Grover starts a food a fight. A burrito, <laughs> a burrito fight. fight. I like when that happened. I thought it was going to go back to the myth about the spar toy about throwing the rock be- in between oh. them, and then they'll fight each other. So for a moment, I was like, "Oh my god, are we going to see all of these these yeah. skeletons just turn on each other?" No, they just have a burrito fight. But I like that they describe <laughs> like. Uh, Wait, now if you've never ha- if you have never been hit by a flying burrito, count yourself lucky in terms of dev- deadly projectiles. It's right up there with grenades and cannibal- cannonballs. <laughs> I've uh, never been hit by a burrito. I, I, I have not either. Is that a common experience? <laughs> Has Rick been hit by a burrito? There are a lot of things in this book that make me wonder what Rick has gone through. Yeah, I want like, oh. <laughs> so many things. <laughs> questions on questions on questions. Yeah. So, but this burrito fight causes such a commotion. They run out onto the pavilion where the bronze statues are, but that just allows the skeletons like close in on them even more. Just no bueno. And Percy's like, wait, like these statues are for Zeus. Like maybe he'll help us. So he's like, Talia, pray to Zeus for help. And she's like, he never listens to me because he's the worst ever. And he's like, please just try it. So she does. And um, oh, she's like, this isn't the time. And he won't answer me. Oh, yeah. And she just like prays to him in silence. <laughs> <laughs> and while he do- she does that, Percy puts up a prayer to Athena, too. Yeah. Hoping I was right that it had been her in the elevator, that she was trying to help us save her daughter. 
and then nothing happens. <laughs> and there's like a moment of, okay, we're, are, are we all prepared for death? Prepare for death. All right. We're ready to die or go down fighting at least. But then the bronze statues come to life. What? Yes. <gasps> and, you know, it's funny because they were just fighting like a skyscraper sized robot and now they have like skyscraper sized statues. I know. Well, Maybe not skyscraper size. No, probably not. They're probably pretty tall. But yeah, and I it's like there's a lot of automatons in the this mm-hmm. chap a few chapters. Just imagine the sounds when they get up. <laughs> <laughs> so Talia yells, "Get us out of here!" And so which one of them responds? Could I get a please, Miss Zeus's kid? <laughs> They're so sassy. They're funny. Um, so the angels each grab a couple of kids and they fly away with them. Mm-hmm. Yay! Hooray! Safety! Angel squad. Now, chapter 15. I wrestle Santa's evil twin. I gave that four stars. I gave it three. I thought it sounded funny and, un- like, super bizarre. It does sound funny. <laughs> but, I don't know. I don't know. I I just gave it three. I can I can probably adjust it to three and a half. But <laughs> a little. Yeah, it's funny because the whole time, the angels fly them all the way from the Hoover Dam to San Francisco, and they're just talking the whole time to each other. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh yeah, let's go see like the angels in San Fran. That'll be fun." Like I love that. They're just like they have a social life. Yeah. And then- <laughs> It's so funny. And they're statues, so it doesn't matter how long before they see each other again, because they're never going to die. Yeah! <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. But I, love I love it when he's like, you guys visited San Francisco, I asked? And he says, we all automatons got to have some fun once in a while, right? Our statue said, those mechanics took, up, took us over to the De Young Museum and introduced us to these Marvel Lady statues, see? And... Hank, the other statue Chuck cut in. They're kids, man. And then he's like, oh, right. If bronze statues could blush, I swear Hank did. Black, <laughs> flying. So it makes me feel like they're just like teenage statues, you know? like There's statues that are getting it on. They got some, <laughs> they got a nice social life going. And <laughs> they're like early 20s statues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're partying up every time they get a chance. Yeah. <laughs> But while they're flying, like, Grover's playing his pipes, practicing, and then Zoe's, like, getting bored, and she th- shoots arrows and just random signs, and well, especially like, yeah. every target sign. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler just keeps her eyes closed the whole time. Percy's napping. <laughs> so funny. And I love how she's shooting the target signs. It's hilarious. I know. <laughs> so Percy tells Talia about Rachel Dare. And Talia says that some mortals are just able to see through the mist better than others. And Percy realizes that his mom, Queen Sally, is like that. And he's like, why didn't I ever, like, think about that before? Because she saw, like, the the bull thing. Yeah, he saw. she saw the minotaur. Yeah. You know. And she wasn't surprised when he said, oh, <clears throat> by the way, it's like, uh, by the way, Tyson's a cyclops. He, she was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, she answers Iris' messages all, you know, never gets freaked out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because she's awesome. So once they land in San Francisco... Oh, wait, before we talk, do that, we're, yeah. they also talk about... So they're like, oh, Rachel is a... They're talking about Rachel, and um, Percy's just like, oh, she's so annoying, Ugh. but I'm happy mm-hmm. I didn't kill her. <laughs> and Talia's like, yeah, it must be nice being a regular mortal. And, I, and Percy says it sounds like she thought about it a lot. And I would think that she would. I'm surprised that Percy hasn't thought about being, having a normal life. Yeah. They have a cra- they have crazy lives. Demigods have crazy lives. And I'm really surprised <coughs> that Percy has not had one moment of being, God, I yeah. wish I didn't have to deal with these monsters, right? Like, I guess at the Sea of Monsters at the beginning, there's a little bit of angst from Percy. Yeah, but not... just about his dad. Yeah, not in the same... Not in the way, like, oh, I wish I wasn't a demigod. Right. It was more, I wish my dad would talk to me. <laughs> Poor Percy. But yeah, she's had a really rough time. Yeah, she's lost a lot more things than he has. Like, um, what we know from these books so far, she's lost her mom. She's been turned to a tree. She has lost years of her life like that. She is... Mm-hmm been on the run for a lot of times but then later in the heroes of olympus series that we we learned that she also lost her her brother because her brother was with her mom and in the from her leaving and her coming back she didn't know where he went so sad so she she's got a lot of stuff going on in her head so i wouldn't I'm, it's not surprising to me at all that she has had doubts in her life. Well, and she's like two days away from turning 16, right? Yeah. So. So super high stress. Yeah. Lots of consequences. And just on. like trying to figure out the world seven years later. Mm-hmm. Poor Playing Tally. catch up a little bit. Yeah. So once they land, Hank and Chuck like put them down by the embark embarkered Embarcadero building. I can sound things out. <laughs> and they... Chuck and Hank are so funny. They, like, scare a homeless guy and stuff. <laughs> and so Grover, they're all... Well, they're all like, well, what do we do now? And Grover's like, hey, don't we have to find Nereus? Like, that's what Apollo told you to do, mm-hmm. right? And Percy's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> How could you have forgotten that? And so they're like, oh, well, where are we going to find him? And so he's like, oh, I know where to find him. And it's another person that Zoe doesn't like. Yep. So I rest my case. I, I think Zoe only likes Artemis. There's, yeah. a, there's a very few list of there's a, It's a limited list of people she likes. She likes Artemis and she likes Bianca. So they trust Percy up to look like a homeless man by going to the Goodwill drop-off box. <laughs> So he can wander around, like, the piers and, like, for this particularly bad-smelling homeless man. Because Zoe's like, oh, you'll recognize him by You'll know. Smell. <laughs> yeah, I like, she's just like, I don't need to describe this smell or what he looks like. You'll know what he smells like. Yeah. <laughs> you'll know him when you see, you see him. So Percy does, and he finds Nereus at the end of the pier. And he has to literally just hold on to him. She's like, once you find him, just don't let go. So Percy does that, and, like, Nereus pulls him into the water, and he's turning into, like, seals and whales and stuff. And Percy's just, like, holding on, and he's like, why won't you drown? <laughs> and Percy's like, I'm the son of Poseidon. <laughs> he's like, why? <laughs> like, ah! <laughs> he says something, and he's like... Oh, like, curse that upstart. Like, <laughs> yeah. Nereus has beef with Poseidon. 
<laughs> yeah, because he's an older god than Poseidon. He was there before the gods, yeah. and he's like, well, now there's a new sea god, but I was the first, <coughs> and ah, ah, ah. <coughs> Exactly. So that Percy finally manages to get Nereus to, like, just land on the pier and be still. So... Of course, like, the squad runs up, and Percy wants to ask him, like, where is Annabeth, where is Artemis, and about the monster. But he can only ask one question per Mm -hmm. capture. (laughs) So he's like, uh, fine, okay. Tell me where to find this terrible monster that could bring an end to the gods, the one Artemis was hunting. And then Nereus is like, he just gives him this evil grin. He's like, that's too easy. He's right there. And just turns into a goldfish, flops away, and they're like, No! So they're like, what? How could he be, like, how could it be right at our feet? And they turn around and see none other than Bessie. Bessie! Bessie cow. (laughs) And it's so cute because Grover can understand her. Yeah. He understands her language, like, perfectly. Uh, But we should replace her pronoun, fix the pronouns now because she is not she, she is he. And Bessie is not his name. (laughs) I just love how <laughs> Bessie's like, that's not my name, and I'm a boy. It's so cute. Bessie. And his name is Ophiatorus, right? Yeah. Ophiatorus, yeah. Yeah, because he's the Ophiatorus. And they're like, how could something so sweet and innocent be like the monster that is going to end Olympus? Like, that doesn't no. make any sense. Like, he's just minding his own business. And the thing is, they were looking for the wrong kind of monster. They were looking for a big monster that could destroy the Olympus, but really they were, should have been looking for Bessie, or Ophiotaurus, because, <laughs> like, there's power in innocence, I think they yeah. say. And basically, someone who who's, uh, sacrifices the Ophiotaurus and eats the or co- or burns, burns their, their, their entrails, they so then get the power like to destroy the gods. Yeah, and like a long time ago, like the entrails were almost burned, but so uh, Zeus sent an eagle and like snatched the entrails before they could be burned, so it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So here Bessie is again, like three thousand years later. But we are using the words entrails <clears throat> too much. Bessie would not appreciate. That's it. true. Bessie doesn't like any of that. No talk about sacrifice or entrails. Yeah. (laughs) So while they're talking about all this, Talia is having like a serious moment where she like sees the appeal of this. She's like, imagine a world where I didn't have to put up with this shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, oh, it's so crazy how often they like all of them at some point, I feel like, have a moment where, like, yeah, imagine. Imagine a world without the gods, how much easier that would be. Yeah. And then they have to sort of be brought back. Yeah, but remember who you would be replacing it with. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's like you have to remember your alternatives. You have one alternative. At the moment, yeah. <laughs> that we know of at this point. You can't just, just, just stop. So before she can get too caught up in all that, Dr. Thorne shows up with his oh, mortal guards. And he looks terrible. He does. He looks ragged. Because he's tired. He's and tired. what does he do? He starts monologuing. What do they all do? They always monologue. <laughs> 
So he's like complaining about how he was banished <laughs> to Persia forever ago by the gods and how mad he is about it and stuff. Because nobody feared him and he didn't have any power. I mean, now he's going to earn it all back and eat the flesh of the half-bloods. <laughs> and he also is talking about how Talia will be the one from the prophecy to bring down Olympus. Because he's like, you're almost 16. Yeah. There's the Ophiotaurus right there. Chop, chop, little lady. And she's less like, Bleh. And so Dr. Thorne, like, is really, like, convincing her. And Percy is like, Talia, snap out of it. And she's like, kind of does. And Grover plays a tune on his reed pipes to grow branches up from the pier around the manticore and the guard's legs. So it gives him, like, enough time to run away. And they hide behind this, like, shop. And there's a water fountain. <laughs> and Percy, like, chops it so that it, like, creates a mist and a rainbow. And they call Camp Half-Blood trying to reach Chiron, of course, and, like, tell him what's up. And, and instead they get a hold of Mr. D. And they're yes. like, hey, is Chiron available? And he's just like, no. no, I'm available. And they're like, great, we're going to die. And he's like, excuse you, I'm available. What do you need? <laughs> if you ask for help, I'll help you. <laughs> Yeah, but you know he never says anything that nicely. That's that's the subtext in his grouchiness. <laughs> yeah, because they want him to know... Um, they want to tell Chiron about the Ophiotaurus. Mm-hmm. And Mr. D's like, about to die, Mr. D mused. How exciting. I'm afraid Chiron isn't here. Would you like me to take a message? I looked at my friends. We're dead. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he like keeps asking them about it at the same time as he's like looking for pizza. Yeah, <laughs> he's like just rummaging in the fridge. And so, but eventually you know, like, they get surrounded by yeah. Doctor Thorne and all, the, all of the mercenaries. <coughs> so they get surrounded by Doctor Thorne and all of the mercenaries, and they're sort of like, "Nice knowing you, Mister D." And Mister D is sort of like. Ask for help. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's not just going to give it. Yeah, know? so, like, Percy sort of, like, mumbles out. Oh, please, Mr. D. Oh. Usually, though, like, like, Mr. D's jerk, yeah. But, like, most of the gods, with the exception of, like, Apollo, don't help without being asked for help. Yeah. Like, I think Apollo's the only one who serves. Yeah. Well, I, I guess... I think Af- I gave, like, a hint. Yeah, and I guess Aphrodite, she hints, too, like, yeah. oh, I... Why do you think that the... Why do you think Blackjack woke you up that night? I'm the one who did that. Why oh, yeah. do you think this happened? I did She's the one who did the shirt. Yeah. Which I I was actually really surprised, because I thought that was the Stoll Brothers. Yeah, she. I think she, like, influenced them to do oh, that. Oh, okay. That makes sense. You know, just, like, put a worm in their heads. That it would be funny. Mm-hmm. Which it's not. Conveniently put a pack of centaur blood. Yeah. That's where they found Maybe it, that's what she got. Yeah, maybe she supplied them with the centaur blood. All you gotta do is be pretty and plant a worm, my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Before we move on from Talia and her, like, crisis of mind, I sort of want to talk about what uh, Dr. Thorne says to her to start making her freak out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, like, when he, when he shows up, uh, and he's explaining to Talia what the meaning of the Ophiotaurus was, 
He says, uh, this is your moment. This is why Lord Kronos brought you back to life. You will sacrifice the Ophiotaurus. Oh, yeah. I meant to touch on that, too. So Kronos brought Talia back to life. Because it was all part of the grand plan, remember? Mm-hmm. So I guess it must it, it, it must have been always a part of the plan that the campers were going to get. No, I don't know. Wait. No, it was a part of the plan that they were going to use the Golden Fleece to awaken Kronos, and then Kronos would use the Golden Fleece to awaken Talia, then? Well, remember when Luke said that he was going to let them have it afterward? Yeah. I think he meant it. Yeah, that's... Okay. They just don't know why. I still wouldn't say that's Kronos's chart. It's not directly Kronos's. No, probably not, but like... I mean, wouldn't it be convenient instead of having to wait however many years for Percy to turn yeah. 16? I think it was like a side plan that they're happy that went followed yeah. through. Yeah, but still, like, that just adds to Talia's, like, Yeah. Why am I here? Like, yeah, because she's just been thinking, okay, my dad's always abandoned me. The only thing my dad did for me was turn me in a, into a tree. And she probably thought that in some way her dad had turned her back into a person. Um, but now this is the guy saying, yeah. no, Kronos did that. Yeah. Kronos is who you should be thinking, thanking for being alive right now. That would be so terrifying. Yeah. Like as a human being. Just be like, I don't know what is going on in my life. Like, yeah. it probably just feels like. I don't know one who's of, manipulating me. Yeah, like one of Nico's mytho-magic figurines. Mm-hmm. Being pushed around the game of life. Yeah. Um, yeah, sad. But back to Mr. D and asking for help. That was yeah. a weird backward side yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, so we're back here. The squad is surrounded. Dr. Thorne is, like, once again angry. And he, like, he's always angry. And Talia, Percy looks over at Talia and sees her crying. And he's like, well, she's been through this exact thing before. And it feels even less hopeful than it did now, then. So, like, she's, poor Talia's just like. Yeah. And, um, so Mr. D's like, you could ask for help. You could say, please. (laughs) <laughs> and Percy's like, no. And then he sees her crying, and then he's like, please, Mr. D, help. And so he does. You know, after a second of nothing happening. <laughs> <laughs> and so he makes all the mortal guards go temporarily insane. I love the line at that, because he's just like, snap. And then I heard something, the sound of, like, madness. Yeah. And- you know how you feel when all the blood rushes to your head. Like, if you hang upside down, turn right side up too quickly. And he's like, smells grapes and something more sour wine. It was the sound of many minds breaking at the same time. The sound of madness. And they just start doing, like, all kinds of crazy stuff. And Dr. Thorne's just like, no! And then Mr. D smothers Dr. Thorne with grapevines. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, clusters of ripe grapes, which would be pretty heavy, I would imagine. It would be. Until he just disappears. Mm-hmm. And Percy's like, how could you do that to the mortal cards? Like, really, Percy? Really? He just helped you. He just, just saved you. Up. Don't don't question the save. <laughs> so he's like, oh, 
That's how you say thank you, huh? <laughs> but Grover's is like, oh, yeah, you saved us. Like, this is so cool. Dream come yeah. true. This like, I'm like, mm, don't make me regret it, Seder. Now, now, get going, Percy Jackson. Or, now, get going, Percy Jackson. What? What? He says his name. And then Percy's is like, by the way, Mr. D, I noticed you said, called my, call me by my name. And he's just like, no, I didn't, Perry Johnson. <laughs> it's like, or Peter Johnson. Yeah. Perry Johansson. <laughs> and he's like, yes, he's like, by the way, you might want to get going. <laughs> the huntress knows where to go next. But if you don't enter by sunset, all is lost. And Percy's like, what? And so he's like, okay, um, Zoe, what does that mean by, what does he mean by that? And Zoe, like, points out past the Golden Gate Bridge, all, like, <laughs> mystical, San Fran fog, and he, she's like, the garden of my sisters, I must go home. I'm like, <laughs> damn, that is, like, a really dramatic, like. I don't think Zoe does anything not dramatic. <laughs> But yeah, so now they're True. off to the Garden of the he- Hesperides. Hesperides. Yeah. Yay. <gasps> so much has happened in these chapters. Tell me about it. It is this a stressful really bunch. intense. So, now that we're... Guess what now we're doing? Bring on the monsters. Bring on the monsters. I know, right? It's crazy. Oh, monsters. <laughs> So the mar- look, what we're going to talk about today, uh, we're going to talk, of course, about Talos first for monsters. And so Talos is not, the one that we met in the book today, or in Titan's Curse, is a replica or maybe a prototype. It's not the original Talos. It's not the Talos in the myth. So I'm going to tell you the story of the original one, but just so you know, this is not the past of the one that they defeated. So Talos was a giant bronze automaton, so a robot. Yeah, boy. And there's a few origins to to him, uh, and it's comp- there's a few stories and weirdness and contradicting tales. So we're gonna get into all of that nonsense. <laughs> so the origin of Talos varies because of his more memorable appearance in the myth. In myth, is his death. So a lot of people don't, like, focus on his origins. They just oh. focus on his death. Um, but some say that he was the last survivor of an ancient race of bronze men that were born out of, like, the ash tree or something. Um, weirdness. It was, like, before the age of heroes. Oh. And after that, yeah. Before humans were in the picture. Um... But the more popular retellings say that he was created by uh, the god of the forge himself, Hephaestus. Uh, And even other tellings say that Talos was created by Daedalus. Daedalus? Daedalus. Who who also created the labyrinth and Icarus's wings. Like, you know, like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, But no matter the origin of Talos, uh, Zeus gave Talos to... Europa, sort of, after he had turned himself into a bull and kidnapped her and dubbed her in Crete after raping her. And then leaving her brothers to freak freak out at home and go, ah, where's our sister? And then scattered to, never mind, it's... 
tries to It's another story. Also. Never mind, anyway. Okay, um, so Talos was set, on, set to guard the island of Crete, where Europa was. So he would circle around the island three times a day, and he would throw stones at unknown approaching ships, so like protecting the island from pirates and invading fleets and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And also, if uh, if the ship did get past him while he was running, uh, he would also uh, then uh, be able to heat himself up from the inside to like a red hot, and then like hug the ships to death because <laughs> he's that big. Wow. So Talos's one and only weakness was his ankle, where a single vein pumped all of his blood, or the ik- or ichor, the blood of the gods. So that that's where that was. And according to some myth- myths, there was a nail there, so like that stoppered the blood inside. And others, mm-hmm. it was just like a like a sort of soft patch of skin. Either way, his ankle's his weak spot. So. Talos probably would have gone and lived a long, happy life uh, protecting Crete if only Jason and the Argonauts did not decide to make a stop at Crete after getting the Golden Fleece. Gosh darn Jason. So after Jason and the Argonauts got the Golden Fleece uh, and and they were returning home, Jason had also with him other... Other than taking the Golden Fleece, he has also taken Medea, who was the uh, princess of the island, and they made sweet, sweet love, and she helped him survive, and whatnot, whatnot. (laughs) Oh, yeah, she's the one he tricked, right? No, that's Theseus. He tricked her. Medea more tricked him, actually. Medea's a manipulative witch. And when I say witch, I mean she's actually a witch. So, (laughs) Talos probably would have been totally fine if Medea had not been with the Argonauts. So, Medea, when she saw that they were being attacked by Talos, without missing a beat, she went up to the top, onto deck of the ship, and she did some magic spells and bewitched Talos' eyes so that he could not see in front of him and he could not see that there were rocks between him and the ship and he took a step and he cut his foot on the rock Mm. and he died but there's a different telling and he died (laughs) and he died the end but there's a different telling and other tellings say that uh what the one with the uh, with talos having the nail in his foot so there's one where Medea walks, uh, he, she walks right up to Talos, uh, she tricks him some way, maybe promising him more immortality, and when he's just like, cool, I'm the immortal woman, man, the immortal bronze man, <laughs> she's just like, alright, first you gotta take some herbs, and she gives him these herbs, and they sort of cause him to pass out, basically, and make, immobilize him. And she's able to go down to his ankle and pull out the nail, and he bleeds out and dies in the end. But then there's a different tale where Medea doesn't really have anything to do with Talos' death. But he was actually killed when Poeus, one of the Argonauts, who was a great archer, shot an arrow into, into his ankle and killed Talos. Either way... No matter what, he Talos did. died after being <coughs> hit in the ankle in some way. Gotcha. Hence the foot hatch. Hence the foot hatch. 
Okay. And now for Oh My Gods. Oh my gods. So first we're going to talk about Ursa Major because I want to. <laughs> so Ursa Major is the constellation. It's in the star. It's the Great Bear. So it's the story of Callisto. So Callisto was actually a hunter of Artemis. And she, uh, and as such, she had taken a vow of maidenhood. But unfortunately for Callisto, like so many other unfortunate women through mythology, Zeus fell deeply in love, probably not in love, in lust, <laughs> with Callisto. And he was like, I need to have her. But knowing that very specifically that one, right that now. one, that one that will should that one that has taken a vow of chastity, that, that one, one. That, that that one right there, that one that would never <laughs> want me, yeah, yeah that one. <laughs> so and uh, but so he was just like, all right, I know that she won't like me as I am, so I need to have a disguise. But also, he also is keeping in mind that Hera. Does not like that he has all of these extramarital affairs. So he thinks that he takes a genius disguise. No one will ever find out. He disguises himself as <coughs> Artemis to go and sleep <laughs> with Callisto. And so Zeus disguised as Artemis, walks up to Callisto and starts like seducing her. And yeah. And Callisto being. A hunter of Artemis, she's also taken a vow to serve Artemis, and she can't say no to her goddess. And also, I'm guessing she probably didn't mind the idea. Either way, Callisto ends up pregnant, and Zeus ends up at home. (laughs) (laughs) And Hera knows what happened. So, Did he sleep with Callisto as Artemis or as himself? I think he slept with her as Artemis. But remember, Zeus has impregnated women before by <laughs> via True. rays of light. Like, <laughs> he, 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 the seed is strong in this one. Oh my God. <laughs> the seed yeah. doesn't have to be a seed to be a seed in this one. <laughs> True. Uh, so, um, so Callisto, unfortunately, was pregnant, and after a few months, uh, she was, she was starting to show, and Artemis and the uh, hunters were all taking a bath, she was just like, I'll join in on the bath, she probably shouldn't have, she realized, hey, I look different now, but she, she got all naked, and was like, I'm taking a bath with Artemis and my fellow hunters. They probably would have been like, why aren't you taking a bath? They probably would have been like, dude, you smell. You gotta take a bath now. <laughs> yep. Um, and Artemis sees that she's pregnant. And Artemis is enraged. Because not only has she broken her vow of maidenhood, but she has also slept with Artemis. Artemis's dad. Ew. <laughs> so... Artemis, so Artemis expels Callisto from the hunters, and she probably she could have done a lot of other th- worse things, but yeah. she just kicks her out. But when she kicks her out, she le- she she sort of get, gets rid of her protection of Callisto, and now Callisto is now under the thumb <coughs> of Hera. She's she can be yes. hunged by Hera now. So after Cali- after some time passed, Callisto finally gave birth to a boy named Arcus. 
Uh, th and this is when Hera took out her rage. Uh, Hera transformed Callisto into a bear. And 16 years later, after, after Callisto had been turned into a bear, uh, she runs, into, uh, runs across her son, Arcus, hunting in the forest. And she gets so excited. She's like, I haven't seen my son in 16 years. Aww. And she rushes towards him to give him a big old mama bear hug. And he's all like, ah, bear! <laughs> And uh, he goes, he's right about to kill her with his javelin. And Zeus looks down and is like, oh no, remember that lady I slept with all those years ago and my, my son? They're about to kill each other. I should fix this. And he turns them into constellations. So Callisto is Ursa Major and Arcus is Ursa Minor, the little bear. So not only did Zeus turn turn his son into a constellation, he turned him into a bear. <laughs> I feel like he could have just turned her into a constellation and let him live the rest of his life. I also think he could have just turned her into a human. human? <laughs> There's a lot of things that could have been done. But in the, Zeus just likes turning people who are about to die into inanimate objects. They do, yeah, I think he does. He's like, it's oh, a bad habit of his. I'll turn that person into a rose bush. <laughs> now I, now every time I look soul. at that rose bush, I'll think of it. <laughs> um, oh gosh. Okay, so I also want to talk a little bit about Ares and Aphrodite, and I didn't really write anything about notes, so I'm sort of just winging, about, winging it, because every single time I start to write stuff about Ares and Aphrodite, I just get really annoyed. So, Aphrodite and Ares were basically a thing before things were even a thing. You know, <laughs> they were... Having an affair before they uh, before Aphrodite was married to Hephaestus, they uh, uh, for a really long time before Hephaestus even came into the picture, uh, Zeus and Hera were sort of setting up Ares and Aphrodite to become a couple, and they were just waiting for the opportune time for the marriage. <laughs> but then Hephaestus, if I don't know if we've talked about this fully. But Hephaestus, when he was born, he was very, very ugly. And uh, and Hera... She yeeted him off the tower. Yeah, she just went, get out of here, you ugly, ugly child. And Hephaestus was like, ouch, mama, that hurt. <laughs> so he spent a few years and he trained and he like, became very skilled at, as a blacksmith and inventor and whatnot. And he came back and he snuck into the the thrones of uh, throne room of Olympus and he sets a trap for Hera. So next time she sits down on her godly throne, a whole bunch of uh, ropes shoot out and tie her to the throne and trap her onto the throne. Yikes! And no matter what they do, they cannot get her free. Uh, and Zeus comes up with an idea. He's just like, all right, the way to do this is 
whoever, like, he makes a thing, like, all right, whoever can free my wife can marry Aphrodite. Because Aphrodite was the most eligible bachelorette in the kingdom, in (laughs) in the Olympus. And... Ares was like, no problem. I'm the biggest. I'm the strongest. I'm I'm Ares. I can yeah. do it. And he tried and he failed. And Aphrodite was probably a bit pissed. Yeah. It's like I can't believe you tried and <laughs> you failed. Ah! Now what are we gonna do? And then even everyone gives it <coughs> a or it gives it a try. No one can do it. And then in comes Hephaestus. And Hephaestus comes in and Hera's like fuming. She's stuck to her chair and she's like, you, my ugly son is back. <laughs> and I'm stuck to this chair and I look stupid. <laughs> and Hephaestus is like, hey mama, you in some trouble? I heard that there's a deal. If I could free you, I get to marry the most beautiful person ever. <laughs> and they're like, I guess. And Zeus is all like, I guess you can give it a try, son. And Hephaestus is like, cool! And he just, like, pushes a button, and it just, whoop, fixes. And hair is free. And Aphrodite is livid. <laughs> yeah, it would be livid, too. Yes. So Aphrodite and Hephaestus are married. And uh, honestly, Hephaestus didn't really care about marrying Aphrodite. Was it his main goal? His main goal was just to get revenge <laughs> on Hera. But... Got Aphrodite in the process. Aphrodite wasn't happy about it. Ares wasn't either. And so, basically, immediately after the wedding, Ares and Aphrodite started hooking up again. They were just like, I don't care if we're married. No. This is a nonsense marriage. (laughs) And a lot of things happen. Like, Ares and Aphrodite are basically just the the classic on-again-off-again couple. And I think we've talked about the time that... Hephaestus trapped Ares and Aphrodite into the marriage bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you want to do that, listen back to probably... It's probably in The Lightning Thief. Yeah. Um, probably like episode three or four, mm-hmm. I would imagine. But yeah, Ares and Aphrodite, the complicated love relationship, love and war. Ah. <laughs> uh. uh. So also we're yeah. gonna so we're gonna talk about I guess we could talk about Artem or uh, uh, uh Athena, but we we only get really one real line from Athena, so we'll talk about her. Later. We're t- we're gonna talk about her later. Instead, we're gonna talk about Nereus. So Nereus is um quote a paroth paroth. Nereus is a, quote, a prophetic old man of the sea who has the power of changing his shape. And that's from the Greek myths by Robert Graves. Uh, So Nereus was also the father of the 50 Nereids, which are uh, basically the nice mermaids. Uh, But yeah. Um, That's a lot of daughters. That is a lot of daughters. I guess they could be sons too. No. Not these. Nereids, they're they they are they are basic they're water spirit they're ocean spirits. Gotcha. Um, with Nereus's main uh, appearance in myth is when Hercules was sent on his eleventh labor. He was sent to fetch the apples of the Hesperides. Does that sound uh, familiar? Yep. 
Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, so Hercules, like Percy, did not know where the Garden of the Hesperides was. So, what did he do? He went to the River Po. Because at the River Po lived the prophetic old sea god Nereus. And he knew that, oh, Nereus knows everything. If I ask him, he'll tell me. So when he got to Poe, he first talked to the river nymphs who showed him that or showed him where the sleeping Nereus was and told him that if he wanted to keep, get the get an answer to his question, he had to hold on tight. And so Hercules, like Percy, snuck up on the sleeping man. And leapt on and held for dear life. Because as soon as Nereus, rea- Nereus realized that he was what was happening, he started shape-shifting into all the different kind of animal and creatures of the sea. But Hercules or Heracles held on because Heracles was the strongest man alive. Uh, eventually, Nereus got tired, just like he did with Percy. And he was like, fine, I'll tell you where the garden is. And Nereus was like, all right, the garden is here. And also probably don't, I recommend not plucking the apples yourself, but get Atlas to do the picking. But that's different from what we are told in the Titans curse, because in the Titans curse, we say that Zoe says that she's the one who told them, oh, you got to do this with Atlas. So with every retelling, there's a different telling, you know? The details change. So, yes, I'm sure that there's some myth out there that does have a Zoe Nightshade or whatever, a fifth fifth Hesperides, but I could not find any. Um, But, yeah, and I'm not going to talk about what happens in that movie. Maybe Zoe's just an invention. Yeah, it could be. She could be a completely fictional character. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but I like her. I like that she, I, it does make it a lot more interesting than oh, yeah. Hercules Stormy and just being like, I know what to do because an old man told me. <laughs> it's, I don't know what to do. Hey, random lady, help me. <laughs> hey, random girl, I'm going to help me get these apples. You don't get to eat any. <laughs> <laughs> and it yeah. gets you exiled from your family. Sadness. Yeah. But yeah, Nereus is a prof. Prophetic old man of sea. Maybe that's why you won't see anything mentioned about Zoe in any of the legend. What female or ra- female myth erasure? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, so that brings us to quest queries. Quest queries? Do you have yeah, quest queries? Boy. Yeah, it looks like we both do. Omg. Okay, so this is sort of just. I guess this is a unanswerable question, I think. But yeah. what do you think Aphrodite looks like? Well, she looks like whoever you think is, like, the most beautiful person, right? Yeah. I don't know. When I think of the way that they described her, oh, she's, like, ever-shifting, ever-whatever. She... She just... It it, it... it sounds almost like it would give you a headache to really... <laughs> All right, I'm going to look in your eyes and talk to you. Stop changing colors for a second. Do you think it's like like her face is her face, but like when she like looks a certain way or something, then you see like glimpses of who you, you're thinking about? I don't know, because the images on 
the Rick Riordan website. The original art for all of these books are terrifying. But the yeah, original art of Aphrodite is like piss your pants terrifying. <laughs> like <laughs> Oh gosh. I don't know, personally. But it's like it's because if you look at it with what if you look at it straight on, it just looks wrong. If you cover half of the picture, it looks one way. If you cover half of the the other half, it looks a different way. It just doesn't look right. What's wrong with this? That's oh. not the original art. That's Vera. Oh. That's... Oh, that was Vera's thing. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow, yeah, that's odd. But Why she's she... half blonde, half brunette, half straight hair, half curly hair. Why... That's the graphic novel version? That The graphic novel version, I, I don't know. It's better than the original one, but not much. This is just like, why is she wearing like this kind of dress? I don't know. She's wearing like a... It's like oh, a, you know what? I think that might she might wear something. She's wearing a um, antebellum south type poofy uh, dress. And I think that somewhere in... Heroes of Olympus. Oh. That happens. But she looks wrong. Yeah, that's not... No. Not a goddess of beauty. No. Like, I don't know. I guess they're just trying to, like, capture it. Because, I mean, I remember reading this the first time and just finding the description of her so frustrating. Yeah. Because I was like, I can't picture it. Yeah. Now. Because, like... Because he, even he says, it's hard to tell you what she looks like. Yeah, and that just irritated me so much. Because when I was younger, I loved having, like, every detail, like, spelled out, like, the person's appearance and stuff so you can picture it better. Mm-hmm. But, like, it bothered me less this time. Yeah. I guess it's like, you can picture it better yourself. This question, <laughs> I think, I think I know the answer. Um, so is the junkyard filled with only Hephaestus's junk or, <laughs> or the junk of all the gods? And I think it's all the gods. I would assume all the gods. It's a lot of junk for one. Well, I mean, there's like a hunter's bow and stuff in there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It just seems like a godly garbage dump. Yeah. They're like, oh, I don't need this anymore. Mm-hmm. Maybe Hephaestus can use it. <laughs> Maybe. What's the next question? Who wrote Wash Me on Talos? I, I don't know, because he says it's a big, big finger wrote, wash me on a big, giant robot. I just robot. imagine it was Hephaestus one day. was like, ugh, take a bath. <laughs> Next time you wake up. <laughs> yeah. Just like one day chilling, looking for something. <laughs> or maybe, a, like, a I don't know, does the junkyard have a junk worker? Manager? Manager that comes in and dumps off all of the junk. Could be. Maybe he did it. Okay, this is your question, and I don't understand it. Oh, I put skeletons. I meant angels. Oh, okay. It's been a rough couple of days, guys. My question is, how exactly are the angels carrying the kids? Yeah, because I was like, when did skeletons carry the kids? The angels, because, like, when they say they picked them up, I just imagine, like, you know, they just kind of wrap their arms around them. I guess... But then they're, like, just hanging out, and, like, that would be so uncomfortable, because your legs would just be, like, flailing. Yeah, it'd be like a... 
there's like a Superman ride at Six Flags, where you just you're supposed to, <laughs> it's supposed to give you the experience experience of like flying like Superman, but you're still sitting. So your torso is flying like Superman, and your legs are sitting in sitting position going, what are we doing here? (laughs) So, but, like, Percy takes a nap, but he also, like, kicks snow off a mountaintop. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know, I just had the hardest time picturing, like, how they were flying. (laughs) I don't know why. Yeah, I'm sort of picturing it, like, the the ants. I'm sort of picturing it, like, the ants. They have the ends carry... It's uh, kind of like cradle. Yeah, cra- cradle them, and then they can hold them in their hand. But I'm not... <laughs> but they wouldn't be able to hold them with their hands. Their hands are attached to the wings. What? Look at the wing. Their hands oh. are in the wing. How would they hold them? Maybe the hands just when, Maybe, separate. yeah, when they come alive, their hands come out of the wing. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, they're 30 feet high. Oh wow. That's large and sitting. So standing they would be 60 feet. Yeah, they can carry them like ants. <laughs> and just like one fist, one fist, go! <laughs> just like cup them. Yeah. <laughs> Little tiny humans. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, so I was wondering how often do the statues visit as each often other? As possible. And like, is it all statues? How how can you tell a automaton from just a statue? Yeah. Because the way that he's just like, oh, we went and talked to these marble statues. So does it have to be metal? <gasps> yeah, I don't know. Because like, if they could, why wouldn't they just like go hang out all the time? Yeah. Like the party ponies. Mm-hmm. And then also when they are off visiting, what do the mortals think? <laughs> like, hey, these statue installations that are probably tons and tons of whatever, it'd be hard to move them. Yeah. Now have disappeared. <laughs> and we think we saw them on our radar scanners. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just come back one day. Yeah. With some party beads and... <laughs> Yeah. I don't know, maybe the mist just, like, forms, like, yeah. ghostly-looking ones. I don't know. There's they also, one of my other quest queries is how many mortals have gone crazy because more poor because of poor mist coverage. <laughs> There's that guy who, uh, the homeless man who saw the statues come down, is that just another chance encounter with some a mortal who can see through the mist? Or is that the mist... Not fully covering up. people. I don't know. There's Maybe. probably a lot of people in weird little mental institutions yeah. going, No, the gods are real! <laughs> I swear! Maybe the mist is like, this guy's already a little bit nuts. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. doesn't matter if he gets a little bit more nuts. I don't know. I don't know. But before we leave, because we are at the end of our quest queries. Yeah, we sure are. We're going to... chapter, episode 17 already. Wow. So what are we reading next time? Yeah, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. So we could do two chapters a week and make it easy. No, because we don't want to leave one by itself. 
We have to actually read all of Oh, them. we have five left. For yeah. some reason, I was like, four. Four <laughs> 16 left. 16 to 20. Probably shouldn't be talking about this on the episode, but... You should just cut it out. Nope, we're keeping it in. <laughs> it's going to be there forever. <laughs> I think we I'm should do dying. 16 through 17 before you die, and then uh, 18 through 20 at the end. Okay. So next episode, we're going to be reading six chapters 16 and 17. And then for the end one, we're going to be doing 17. 17. Or 18 through 20. Yes. Yeah. And then that'll be the end of the book. Only two more Titan's Curse episodes. Oh my god. It's kind of sad. It is, but then we go to the light, or the labyrinth. Battle of the labyrinth. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the lightning thief. Yep, we revert back. We start <laughs> all over again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but yeah, alright. Thanks for all listening right. to this episode, guys. We got something. You want to birdie bop ever ravine before we yeah. leave? Yeah, you got it. Oh, no! Ah! They all went everywhere. All right, here you go. Little tiny carton. Oh, God. What is it? I think it's an earthworm one. No! (laughs) What's yours? I don't know. It's yellow, and it has a white spot on it. Probably lemon. So what does yours look like? Describe it for the strange people. (laughs) For the strange people? (laughs) Um, My exquisitely flavored Birdie Bot's Every Flavored Bean... Is Advertisement. Pink. <laughs> it's pink and it has brown splotches and it kind of looks like a weird mole. Alright, let's eat it. <laughs> Ooh, mine's not bad. Uh, it's sausage again. <laughs> I had lemon. <laughs> right. There you Goodbye. can have that one. I think that's a refreshing one. You think? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Grass. Could be watermelon. Oh no. What the? What? Oh no, I just ate one. Oh no. What was it? How? I'm guessing it might have been marshmallow, but it d- was disgusting. It looked like the marshmallow one. Oh no, that was that was <laughs> life ruining. <Ugh. laughs>